Almighty God, have mercy on you. Forgive you all your sins through our Lord Jesus Christ. Strengthen you in all goodness. By the power of the Holy Spirit, keep you in eternal life. Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring 
bring the Israelites out of Egypt. He said, I will be with you. This shall be the sight for you that it is I who sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall worship God on the mountain. But Moses said to God, If I come to the Israelites and say to them, The God of your ancestors has sent me to you, and they ask me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. He said further, Thus you shall say to the Israelites, I am, I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, Thus you shall say to the Israelites, The Lord, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever. 
He asked them, do you think that because these Galileans suffered in this way, they were worse sinners than all other Galileans? No, I tell you. But unless you repent, you will all perish as they did. Were those 18 who were killed when the Tower of Siloam fell on them? Do you think that they were worse offenders than all the others living in Jerusalem? No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all perish just as they did. Then he told this parable. A man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came looking for fruit on it and found none. So he said to the gardener, See here, for three years I have come looking for fruit on this fig tree, and still I find none. Cut it down. Why should it be wasting the soil? He replied, Sir, let it alone for one more year, until I dig around it and put manure on it. If it bears fruit next year, well and good. But if not, you can cut it down. The Gospel of the Lord. Every time I come here, 
I look at it. Well, I am a gardener by habitation. And so the first day of spring, I know living here in the Northeast is not the day you can go and plant things. <laughs> I've learned that. But it is the time when you can start thinking about what you're going to plant. Are you with me? And so my mind starts to turn to what I'm going to do at the gardening shop this spring. What I'm going to plant in the garden. And I start doing a little tour to see how things are fair. I go around looking to see if anything is starting to push up through the ground along the mountain. I start to gauge how much weeding and how much leaf raking and all of that stuff that has to happen in the spring. How much of that is going to need to go on? So this is actually a rather expected time for me this Lenten season. Perhaps it is for you too. Like your rector, Nancy, I spent a significant number of years of my life in New Jersey. I was for 16 and a half years the rector of Christ Church in Hackensack, New Jersey, just a few miles over the bridge from New York City. And I was very fortunate when I lived there to have a rather large piece of land in the rectory's backyard where I could grow things. And when I arrived there in 1994, things were relatively unattended, and so there was lots of space for me to do things at that garden. I always said that gardening was my therapy, and if you saw how much I planted, you would know just how badly indeed I was up there. It's true. And so I began to till and dig in this garden and to go to the nursery and buy all sorts of things. And I can't remember how long it was into this little adventure, but one day I went to the garden shop and I came across a fig tree, a little fig tree. It was probably, I don't know, two or three feet high. And having grown up to the south, I didn't even know you could grow a fig tree this far north. But the tag on this fig tree assured me that it would survive northern winters. And so in my mind, I began to picture the enormous fig trees that had graced the backyards of people in my hometown of Atlanta. Huge things that would supply a bountiful crop of figs, which my mother and my aunts and my cousins would then turn into jar upon jar upon jar of fig preserves, so many that we could not possibly I think they fed the entire town for a year at breakfast. So this was what was going through my mind. I snapped up that fig tree, threw it in my cart, went home, found a place of honor for the fig tree in the backyard because fig trees, fig trees mean something in the Bible. 
taken to sit under one is big trading in the Bible is a sign of being happy and at peace and being drawn close to God. So, place of honor for the fig tree, and I fertilized and aerated and did all of that. And it started to grow. And during that first summer, my recollection is that I had maybe a half a dozen little marble-sized figs on my fig tree. You couldn't do anything with them because they were as hard as bullets. But I had my little figs. As winter approached, I was still concerned about the survival of the fig tree in a harsh northern winter. And so I consulted a friend of mine who was of Sicilian ancestry. I figured they would know something about fig trees. He had grown up in Queens and, in fact, his family had had a big tree in their backyard, and so I said, what do I do? His instructions to me were to go to Home Depot and buy a roll of tar paper and to wrap the fig tree around with this tar paper two or three times around, and then to put a bucket, an aluminum bucket, over the top of it to protect it through the winter. <clears throat> I did this, and I lived with that monstrosity in the backyard <laughs> all winter long. It was ugly, but I thought it was protecting the fig tree. Spring arrived, and I took the bucket off, unwrapped the fig tree, and it looked dead. But I waited. I fertilized, I aerated, and a few leaves sprang out. I don't believe I got any figs that year. So winter came round again, and I thought, I'm not consulting the Sicilians anymore. <laughs> I'm doing what I want to do, and I just left it there. The next year, barrenness. I don't remember how long this went on, but it was a while, and finally I got tired of looking at this stick of a fig tree. And so I thought, I need to give up. I need to dig it up. So I went to the garage, got out the shovel, sat it down, stomped on it, and cut right through a root of the fig tree. And when I looked down as I started to dish the fig tree out of the ground, I saw around the perimeter of that root a very bright green. And the root actually looked rather healthy. And so I was moved by the greenness that I had not seen. And I thought, Maybe I'm not done with it yet. So I looked around and I thought, where can I put this thing? It's obviously not liking it where it is, so I'm going to move it. Well, there was a part of the garden that was actually outside the garden. It was over around by the side of the house, which was the part where I never went anyway. But it was sheltered. There was a, a, an L in the design of the house there. 
and the chimney was right there. And so I decided that might be a good place for the big tree. And I put it there, and I aerated it, and I fertilized And then I left it alone. Not much happened, but it didn't die. In fact, there were a few sprouts. Time went by. It's lost in my memory now, but what I can tell you is that by the time I left Hackensack, New Jersey, I had a few figs, and I ate them. <laughs> you see, I've come to understand that the ways of God, like the ways of the garden, are full of mystery and wonder. I still can't tell you what I did wrong with that garden victory. I tried. I really tried. And I can't tell you what I did right either. All I know is that somehow, wonder wonders, it finally grew and produced fruit. I stayed attentive and did my best. And isn't that what we're called to do as Christians? To stay attentive and do our best. I know that the ways of God, like the ways of the garden, are full of mystery and wonder, and half the time, I'm so quite lost as to how follow Jesus, who is, after all, the master gardener of our lives. But what I have learned is to stay attentive, to try something and see if it works, to rejoice when it does, and to be a little sad when it doesn't, but not to be defeated by that, to try something else, maybe to try something new. I've learned to be attentive, to prune where it's needed, to fertilize, to nurture. I've learned to rejoice in the unexpected growth that God gives, that seed that blows across the lawn and finds its way into a crack and then blossoms. I don't always know exactly what the way forward is, but I've come to trust that God does provide the way forward, because God is interested in our growth. God craves our blossoming. God rejoices when we all hear One of my mentors is a priest named Carol Anderson who is now retired and she taught me something that is my mantra every day. God's work done in God's way will never lack God's provision.
God's work done in God's way will never learn God's provision. Challenge of the Christian life, the hope of Christian life is to stay too alert, curious, seeking of what God's work is, that we might do it in God's way. So, a few weeks ago, I had the joy of meeting with your rector of Morton's investor to facilitate a mutual ministry review for Trinity Parish. Some of you all know about that because you may have participated in that survey that was sent around by the vestry. I think there were some 120 or so responses to that survey, which provided a lot of information to your elected leadership about what you all value, what you do well here at Trinity, how you see God at work that. And so think of a mutual ministry review as that spring walk around the garden where you're taking stock of what is, what needs tending, what needs pruning, what needs cleaning up, what's going to need more fertilizer and nurture. What may be the new thing that you put into the life? And so earlier this morning, before this service and after the 8 o'clock service, your pastor met before, which some of you attended, to talk about the results of that mutual ministry review and how they are beginning to think about how that may make changes, some small and some large, your life here at Trinity. That's not something that can be done in a day. It may not even be able to be done in a growing season. But it does chart the course, doesn't it? It helps you to see how you can be about God's work in God's way with God's provision in this place. Course, that's going to require hard work on everyone's part. The master gardener requires a rather large crew in this world where there is so much to be done. But remember that God's design is growth and blossoming and fruit bearing. And that's what you're called to do here at Trinity. It's great that you ask yourselves, what do we value? What do we do well? What do we need to nurture here? Make sure that you're also asking, what does God
Let's be on this. I know what God wants. I know that God wants you to flourish. I know that God wants you to blossom here and grow closer to God and to one another. I know that you can do that if you stay attentive to the way of Jesus, the Master Gardener. And I know that there will be a lot of mystery and wonder in it. Because none of us can know God's ways fully. We can only seek to follow and pray that there will be much truth in the other side. God's work done in God's way will never lack God's provision. in the mystery and wonder of God's garden here at the Trinity.
I ask your prayers for peace, for goodwill among nations, and for the well-being of all people. Pray for justice. God for those in every generation in whom Christ has been honored. Pray that we may grace, we may have grace to glorify Christ in our own day. O Lord our God, accept fervent prayers of your people. In the multitude of your mercies, what with compassion upon us and all turn to you for us. For you are gracious, O lover of souls. You we get glory, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, now and forever. Amen. Peace of the Lord be always with you.
Um, Peggy Mallet and myself are hosting a dinner uh, in two weeks from yesterday, which is April 6th, and it is actually the dinner that was offered at the Promise Tree in back at the fair in uh, November. I do not have the list. Peggy does not have the list. There are 12 people on that list. If those 12 people can come to one of us and make yourself known, we can approach you and uh, work on the dinner. And we're looking forward to having you. So please see me or Peggy at the coffee hour. Thank you. Christ loved us and gave himself. 
those who you know may share with us in the communion of Christ's body. Solely on the help of your heavenly grace, they may be upheld by.